you are listening to By the Book. Because if you don't look at the world through the Bible, you will never see it right. Welcome to By the Book. This is Alan Griffith, your host for episode 121. If you have been listening regularly to the podcast, you know that we've been talking about enduring principles. Principles that you and I are to live by, principles that will guide us in every area of our life. And I love the principles because we can go back, we can find them, we can claim them, uh, we can put them into practice, and we can trust God that they will work just the way he says they will work. And he gives us challenges sometimes with principles. And we know that we'll be pleasing God if we'll follow those challenges and seek to live by them. So principles, what a, what a wonderful, wonderful blessing God has given us by sharing with us and teaching us those principles for life. We're going to take up one in this episode that is as uh, serious and sobering as you can get. Uh, it's one that uh, it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, it's going to work. I am talking about Galatians chapter 6, and if you have your Bible, I hope you'll open to it. But in Galatians chapter 6, Paul writes, beginning in verse 7, and I'm going to read verses 7, 8, and 9, and then come back to verse 7. Here's what Paul said. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. And then here's the principle. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And then this exhortation in verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. What a principle. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So let's look at this and talk about it, because again, this, this is as serious and sobering as it gets. And there are many people who don't believe this. Uh, they don't uh, live by it. They don't think about it. It doesn't affect their views or their practices. But I want to tell you something. This thing is real. We're going to see it illustrated in Scripture. But this is real, and you and I have to get hold of it. So let's begin verse 7. Here's what it says. Be not deceived. Don't be deceived. Uh, that term deceived means uh, to, to err, to be led astray, uh, to wander, or to be seduced. Now, here's what it's talking about. It's talking about self-deception. And I want to tell you, self-deception is the worst kind. We're only fooling ourselves if we don't come to grips with this truth. 
Don't be deceived. Don't be led astray by ignoring the truth that we're going to be looking at. Be not deceived. And then it says this, God is not mocked. Now, there are people who mock God, aren't they? They make, they make fun of God. They ignore God. But let me tell you what this term is all about. The, the term itself, mock, actually means the nose. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? But you have heard people who have been accused of turning their nose up at something or at someone. And the idea is this. You cannot get away with turning up your nose at God. You cannot get away with saying, well, I don't care what God says. I don't care what God does. I don't believe the Bible. Listen, you can't get away with that. Uh, the term means uh, to sneer at or to treat with contempt. You cannot treat God with contempt, and I'll tell you why because ultimately he's in charge. He's the one who's going to be the final judge. And you would be a fool, and there are many, many fools around, but you would be a fool to treat God with contempt and pretend that what he says doesn't matter and that you and I can live any way we want to live. You cannot do it without bearing the consequences. And that's what the verse goes on to say. Listen to it. Be not deceived. Don't fool yourself. God is not mocked. You cannot get away with treating God with contempt. You cannot turn your nose up at our God. Why? Here's why. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, let me share with you that there is a, a word in this verse that is written emphatically. In other words, it's, it's written to give a, uh, an intensity. And here's what it is. For whatsoever a man soweth, that, that shall he also reap. Now, the way that's written in the original language, it would suggest this. Whatsoever a man soweth, that and only that shall he also reap. What a statement. What a statement. Now, you and I are involved in sowing all the time. We are doing things. We are living in a certain way. We are planting, if you will, in our life. We are sowing. And the day will come. This is what the Bible is telling us. The day will come that we will reap. We will bear the consequences. Now, let me just say a word about uh, sowing and reaping, and then we're going to go back to a couple of Old Testament texts. But I remind you of this. We just saw it. Uh, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. There are a lot of people who are sowing and they're 
hoping that they're going to reap differently. Uh, they're hoping that they won't have to pay the price. They're hoping that they won't have to bear the consequences, that somehow they can do whatever they want to do and they'll never have to pay a price for it. Well, that's being deceived. You're fooling it yourself. Now, let me say something else about sowing and reaping. And farmer, I am not. I often tell people that when I talk about this. A farmer, I am not. But I'll tell you this, the farmer, when he sows, is expecting, and properly so, to reap a whole lot more than he sowed. Now, you think of uh, planting corn. When you plant corn, you dig your little hole of uh, whatever it might be, three or four inches deep, and you drop in that hole two or three kernels of corn. And in due time, that uh, stalk begins to come up, and eventually the ears begin to form. And what you are looking for when you go reaping is not just two or three kernels of corn. You're looking for maybe two or three ears of corn. You're looking for a lot of kernels of corn. Well, I want to tell you something. That's the way life is. Uh, the people of Israel were warned that they had sown to the wind. And you might know the verse, they would reap the whirlwind. So when you and I are sowing, whether it be in the right way or the wrong way, we have a right to eventually reap a whole lot more than we have sown. And then I am reminded of this. You do not reap immediately. Sometimes we wish we would. Well, I'm doing right. Shouldn't I immediately get the benefit? Well, sometimes uh, you have to wait a long time. Uh, again, the farmer plants his crop and he knows it's going to be some months before he will reap, but he knows he will reap. Sowing and reaping. Wow. I turn to Proverbs chapter 1, a passage of scripture that I have preached from time to time. And I want to tell you something people don't like it. People don't like it. Uh, there's a certain fear that is built into this text. Uh, there are lines that can be crossed, and when you cross certain lines, there's, there's no way to get back. And so I'm in Proverbs 1, and uh, listen to this text. Listen to what God is saying to these people. He says, beginning in verse 24, because... I have called, and ye refused. You know, that's dangerous in itself, isn't it? When God calls, you and I better listen. But here's what he says. I have called, and you refused. He goes on. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Boy, that's serious. God tries to reach us. God tries to convict us. God tries to get our attention, and we don't pay attention. We don't care to listen. 
We refuse the conviction of God. The New Testament warns us to quench not the Spirit. When the Spirit of God is trying to stir our hearts, we better surrender. We better pay attention. But here God is saying, no, I I called and you refused. And I stretched out my hand and no man regarded. That's Proverbs 1 verse 24. He goes on verse 25. But ye have set at naught all my counsel. What I told you to do, you refused to do. And the verse goes on, and would none or desired none of my reproof. God says, I tried to show you what was wrong. I tried to show you what needed to be changed. You paid no attention. Listen, folks, you cannot do that. You cannot treat God with contempt. You cannot ignore when God is trying to get your attention and think you're going to get away with it. Verse 26 is the verse that I think has often stirred people uh, almost uh, in a, a, a fear. And I don't blame them if they feel that way, because here's what God says in verse 26. I also will laugh at your calamity, and I will mock when your fear cometh. Boy, that's serious. And if that doesn't wake people up, that doesn't wake you up and wake me up, something's wrong with us. God says, don't you play games with me. I care enough to try to reach out to you, and you refuse me? You neglect me? You don't want to hear from me? You're going to put yourself on your own? Well, he says, let me tell you something. You go ahead and do that. But then when your calamity comes, when you reap, God says, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to mock you. You thought you could mock me. I'm going to mock you. Listen to verse 27. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. Remember that of Israel? Sowed to the wind, reap the whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you. Now, again, this is a scary thing. I don't know when you cross this line. I don't know when people cross this line, but it it burdens me because I know people who have walked away from God. They knew better. They don't care about God. And then here's what God says in verse 28. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. Talk about reaping. You play games with God? And then the time comes when all of a sudden you think, well, now I'm going to turn to God. Now God will help me. And God says, well, they'll call upon me. I'm not going to answer. They, he says, they shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel 
they despised all of my reproof. Here comes the reaping. Here comes the reaping, verse 31. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whosoever hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. What a passage of Scripture. And again, I have preached it, and I know that some people have gotten upset by it, but this is the Word of God, and the simple truth is, I don't know when somebody crosses that line. We'd like to think, you know, well, God will never turn you away. Well, I want to tell you something. You can only mock God for so long. You can only reject God for so long. And once you reject him, then he may reject you. I think of Samuel's words to Saul. Saul rebelled against God. He would not believe God. He would not trust God. He would not obey God. And finally, Samuel came to him and said, because you have rejected God, God has rejected you. And I'll tell you again, that's a scary thing. If God is trying to get our attention, we better pay attention. We better listen to what he has to say, we better obey him because there's a principle. There's a principle that operates. And again, you might say, well, I don't believe that principle. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. You say, I'm not going to put that one into practice. It doesn't matter. You and I are sowing every day and you and I are reaping. Right now, you are reaping from what you have sown in the past and in time to come, you will reap according to what you are sowing now, and there is no way out of that principle. I think of Solomon, recorded for us in First Kings. Solomon on the throne, but as you know, he got into deep sin. And I want to show you the sowing and the reaping, and this this concerns me in my life. It ought to concern you in your life. Listen, verse 9, 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 1 Kings chapter 11. It says, And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. God tried to get Solomon's attention. God was trying to reach Solomon, and Solomon said no. Well, you can't do that without eventually reaping. When you sow in rejection of God, you will reap. Verse 10 says that God had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. And you'll remember Solomon got all these wives and he's taken into idolatry and wickedness by, uh, by these women. The verse goes on, verse 10, 
he kept not that which the Lord commanded. He paid no attention to God. He's turning up his nose at God, treating God with contempt. No, I'm not listening. Verse 11, wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, for as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, now listen to it, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee and will give it to thy servant. Solomon, you have sown in sin. You've paid no attention to me. You have done your own thing, and somehow you have thought that you could get away with it, but you cannot get away with it, and you are going to reap. Now listen to what he goes on to say, because this should stir every single one of us. Verse 12 says this, notwithstanding in thy days, I will not do it. So he said what? I'm going to take the kingdom away from you. But he said this, I'm not going to do it in your days, Solomon. I'm not going to do it while you are still living. And he said, and the reason I'm not going to do it is, as the verse goes on, for David, thy father's sake. Now that's interesting. I'm going to take the kingdom away from you, but I'm not going to do it while you're alive and for one reason, your father, David. So in that sense, Solomon was reaping a blessing of mercy because of the life, the sowing of his father, David. Then he said this, verse 12 goes on but I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. His son was Rehoboam. Rehoboam eventually came to the throne, and in his time, there was a rebellion by a man named Jeroboam, and the kingdom was divided. And Rehoboam lost most of the kingdom, and the only reason he, he didn't lose it all was because of God honoring David. So he was reaping the blessings of David, but poor Rehoboam was also reaping because of the sin and rebellion of his father. I wonder, I wonder what my children will reap because of my sowing. I wonder what my descendants will reap because of my sowing. Here's the guarantee of the scriptures. Sowing will always produce reaping. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatsoever a man soweth, that and only that shall he reap. How about Second Kings chapter 20? This is one that stirs me. Hope it stirs you too. 
Hezekiah is on the throne. And verse 12 says, At that time, Baradak Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present unto Hezekiah, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah hearkened unto them. They came to see him. Hezekiah hearkened unto them and showed them all the house of his precious things, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious ointment, and all the house of his armor and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house nor in his dominion that Hezekiah showed them not. Hezekiah was boasting. Hezekiah was in his pride, showing to these who had come from Babylon all that he had. Well, verse 14. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto King Hezekiah and said unto him, What said these men, and from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country, even from Babylon. And he said, Isaiah said, What have they seen in thine house? And Hezekiah answered, All the things that are in mine house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. So Isaiah says, Hezekiah, you were in your pride somewhat mocking God, not honoring God, and you're going to pay a price for that. You have sown in foolishness and pride, and you're going to pay a price. So listen to verse 17 again. Here's the price. The day is come that all that is in thine house, that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day, all of it shall be carried into Babylon and nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. Then listen to verse 18. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away. Your sons, your descendants, your children, your grandchildren, whoever will be alive then, they are going to be taken away. And they shall become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Listen to Hezekiah. He didn't appreciate what was happening. He wasn't sobered by it. Verse 19, then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And he said, is it not good if peace and truth be in my days? In other words, Hezekiah said, well, if God said it, it's going to happen. But boy, I'm sure glad it's not going to happen in my time. Well, you know, there was a young boy whose life is recorded in Scripture. A young boy, a descendant of Hezekiah, who lived something like a hundred years later, who was taken captive 
into Babylon and lived his life there. And you know who that was? I'm sure you do. That was Daniel. So Hezekiah sowed in pride and sinfulness. And what you will sow, you will reap. Hezekiah did not reap in his own life, but as Isaiah said, his descendants reaped, Daniel reaped because of what Hezekiah did. If that doesn't stir our hearts, I don't know what will stir our hearts. But here's what God said. God said in Galatians 6, don't you be deceived. Don't you don't you fool yourself. And some people get fooled because they don't see the, re, the reaping right away. You never know when the reaping is going to come, but it's going to come. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Verses 8 and 9. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. That's the unsaved man. You sow to the flesh, ultimately you reap the corruption of the flesh. And of course, the saved man can fall into that trap. But then he that soweth to the Spirit, you come to know God, you come to know the Spirit of God, then you will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. In other words, this principle carries out for a long, long time. And so Paul says in verse 9, and this is good for you and for me, He's talking to those who want to walk with God. He says, let us not be weary in well-doing. You see, some, sometimes people back away from serving God. They quit on God because they think, well, I tried and I haven't sown. Excuse me, I haven't reaped. I've tried. Paul says, don't be weary in well-doing because in due season, in due season, the time will come. We shall reap if we faint not. You're going to reap. I'm going to reap. And we will reap exactly what we have sown. So if you're living for God, serving God, don't be weary. You might say, but I'm not seeing the results. I'm not seeing the benefits. Is it really worth it? Oh, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's for a lifetime. Don't be weary in well-doing. In due season, we shall reap. If right now you're listening and you know you're living the wrong way, you better stop right now. Don't fool yourself and think that you can get away with it. Don't think you can turn your nose up at the God of heaven because someday you will answer to him. Think about it. Lord bless you till next time.